Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29 of Peachtree Hoops podcast, where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta has been good to the Hawks. They have won five straight all at home. I'm here with Glenn Willis. Uh, Glenn, what'd you think of the homestand? Uh, good, good results. They, they played well. They had, um, I don't want to call it a, a super favorable schedule. It just seems like compared to the road schedule, it was a little easier, but like Charlotte's a, a good team. You know, Boston has talent you have to account for, um, even though they're not super functional so far this year. Milwaukee had, you know, you know, two-time MVP. So, you know, certainly they, they finished up with Oklahoma City, but good to get wins however they come. And, um, you know, but I, I don't think anyone on this podcast is shocked because if I recall correctly, about two episodes ago, we tried to tell everybody that everything's going to be okay. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what are you looking forward to on this uh, road trip through San Antonio and Memphis? What, what's like one thing that you're going to be looking for to see if, uh, if it holds up as they hit the road? Well, I mean, not to uh, kind of be super repetitive, which is, uh, you know, talking about the same thing on every podcast episode is I probably somewhere uh, on the list of don'ts for podcast success, <laughs> but it's just starting like get, getting, and, and they, they um, didn't necessarily show this against Oklahoma city. The defense was terrible the first two quarters, but yeah, so uh, was Oklahoma know. cities. <laughs> yeah, but that was, was expected. Yeah. It was just a terrible, terrible defense in the first half for both teams. Like I, I went back to see what kind of coverage Oklahoma City was running. It's like, God, I don't even know. I guess that's a drop coverage, but it's just terrible. Yeah, yeah, they kind of play. They play so many young players. But I mean, for like for San Antonio, you know, they're not um, an automatic playoff team like they were for years and years and years. You know, they're on the outside trying to kind of work their way in to that field um but they're also not like completely devoid of talent like most of their guys know how to play right um so you're gonna have to play uh, a relatively complete game especially uh on the road and then in memphis memphis plays hard memphis plays as hard as any team in the league and they have some top-end talent um and you know so neither of those two are, are are give me's um so i but i think if they play you know, 48 minutes of focused basketball where they're applying themselves, they should win both games, I think. Yeah, San Antonio will be interesting. It's There are very few players in the NBA that you feel uncomfortable when Trey's around them, but Derek White has always seemed to, to just do well against Trey. Uh, you know, just his size if he gets behind Trey it doesn't seem to phase him he'll just still try to contest Mm -hmm. Uh, and they have DeJounte Murray too and it's like well they have they have kind of the horses to to make the make the Hawks work a little bit so uh, you know that's an interesting game yeah it is and uh Trey was really bothered by White early uh like I want to say first two seasons um yeah uh, but that was before Trey really got the floater really dialed in, and San Antonio. But I don't. I, I assume it's going to be the case this week. But uh, traditionally, um, the Hawks have been a Becky Hammond scout for the Spurs, okay. and they've always run this trail um, yep. kind of coverage. You know, keeping their longer guards behind Trey. You know, with his with his floater so 
uh, dialed in now. I mean, it has been for a while, so I like this news is here. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they try to stay with that trail coverage um, or do something uh, different than that. Um, but I mean, to me, I, it's funny, all, of all the people I kind of talk with regularly, um, you know, I seem to be sort of more down on Jakob Pertl than everyone else. I, I think he's a totally uh, solid center on both ends of the court and kind of just do the things you need him to do. But, you know, um, he's his ability to move kind of east-west and kind of get far afield from the paint, um, you know, toward the sideline and get back, I think he's pretty easy to beat in that sense. If you let him kind of stay in the middle of the court near like the top of the key, um, he's pretty good at recovery. But, you know, I know I think everyone might remember the, the game winner because the Hawks had not won in San Antonio in forever, and they set up Herter for that shot in the left corner. And it started with Trey dribbling from the middle of the court to his right, JC coming out there for the screen, and then JC working all the way from the like near half court on the right side, all the way to the left side near the corner where Herter was, and having Pertle try to run that full length and keep up with him, and the ball beat Pertle, you know, to the corner over there. So I, I think there's an opportunity to kind of manipulate Pertle as well, as long as you can get him working uh, east and west. Um, but you know. We'll kind of see how that goes. I'm not really worried uh, about the offense so much. I'm interested in kind of what they do and don't do, but it's 48 minutes of focused defense. And uh, the first two quarters, like I said, against Oklahoma City was not super encouraging. <laughs> I know the NBA schedule is a grind, but if they want to be a 50-win team, they're going to have to bring the more focused effort on that end from the beginning of the game consistently. And, and they haven't shown me they're going to do that yet. Okay. Um, what what have you thought of the defense since DeAndre Hunter has gone out? I think the point of attack is a struggle. Um, uh, I think Clint being better is kind of covering up a little bit of that. Um, in, for in some games, more than a little bit, but they're going to have to kind of get that figured out. I, that's where I really look to the Memphis game and what the heck they're going to do with Jaw, you know, in that game to really see that's going to be, I think the first real significant test since Hunter went down around what they're going to do uh, with him in that sense. Are they going to switch and not have one guy be focused on guarding him? Is, is Nate going to switch up the rotation and get Cam on the court for more uh, of the minutes against the Memphis starters to give him that jaw kind of, kind of matchup? Um you know, what, what does that look like? Is the solo roll into the rotation at all? I think that's a terrible matchup. I think solo is better against guys who aren't quite as fast and quick as Jaw, who's right. elite uh, at that. Um, but, you know, will they switch? Will Herder start on him? Um, uh, and then will Cam get shuffled kind of up in the rotation to be on the floor for more minutes against Jaw? So it, it, I think I think Jaw is going to be a real struggle for them, but it'll be interesting to see how they try to... Um, uh, put their best effort forward uh, to try to contain him. What do you think in that game specifically? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, uh, there. Yeah. I I do think you'll see more Cam. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that as far as that goes. But then the rest of it, I I don't know. It doesn't seem like they have. There are a lot of great choices there. Uh, I I think you'll see 
it could just be switching like that that yep. wouldn't shock me uh you mean they could do some extreme switching there but i, I think part of it will be that that cam gets more minutes it's yeah. also going to be the 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 day after thanksgiving it could be sluggish they could be suffering from turkey slowdown what does gallo look like on the day after thanksgiving is he going to play half court Wow! I don't know. That's a good question. No, but I mean, like, I think Jaw pushes the pace more than any other player in the league now. Would you agree with that, or do you think there's someone else that's pushing it as hard as he is? Hmm. Wait, who was it they played the other day? That was seemed like, oh wow, that's that's somebody that. Why am I blanking? Well, Melo has the hit ahead stuff. Yeah, that, and, that's what it was. Right. I mean, yeah. they, 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 yeah, the Charlotte, Charlotte really does kind of push the tempo. Yeah. So, and some of that's mellow, but some, you know, it's also just the whole group of five. They're so good at just kind of getting out and making alleys uh, yes. for fast breaks. Yeah. So I'm thinking of an individual player who, but if you think about individual the... players, yeah, probably Ja. That seems fair. Yeah. And that's, and that's going to have an impact, I think. You know, not only on maybe getting Kim on for more of those minutes, but I mean, playing Gallo in those minutes is rough, you know, because you need everybody to be able to kind of get back. Um, yeah. You know, so, and then, you know, in the third quarter, Nate's been playing like the whole, you know, starting five kind of pretty deep. And then he has to roll Capella and Collins off at the same time. And that's where Gorgie's been getting his brief bit of minutes, kind of, typically when he's gotten them, has been during that stretch after JC and Clint played a long, a long time together, that might not end work. Third I... quarter? Yeah. Because I think that only happened one game, didn't it? Wasn't it Did just... it? I thought it was another game, but maybe. I think it was yeah. just one game where Gorgie was the, the third quarter yeah. guy there. I yeah, was... I just know he's been playing Charlotte. the group longer in the third quarter. So but maybe he's been, maybe there's been a couple times where he got Gallo in earlier than I'm remembering. But, but my point being, I don't know if he's going to be able to tolerate any minutes the jaw is on and either john or clint one of them is at the five you know because gallo's not going to work um gorgie's not going to work with jaw pushing the pace like that yeah. and you need you know yeah. so it's and then adams is uh you know he'll go as hard as any big man in the league in terms of just keeping that uh effort kind of at, mm-hmm. at a high level you know which which works well for what jaw's doing there too so i think memphis is going to be an interesting challenge for them they they always rely on kind of their three-point shooting variants <laughs> or mm-hmm. that i shouldn't say rely on it, but that tends to show up in their wins or losses you know right um because they shoot a million threes they're happy to do it um but there's a lot of, of variants they're not you know they're not all the best shooters in the league like uh jared jackson jr hit a what, game winner last night i think mm-hmm. um against utah uh, wild into that game, but but he's been kind of inconsistent, uh, even if he's overall been good, um, you know. And then they have other guys where the shooting kind of comes and goes. So it'll it'll be that that'll that'll be interesting uh, to see the Hawks deal with Jaw, and then no one challenges your closeouts. I don't think more than Memphis, just based upon the sheer volume of three point shots they generate. You have to get from the paint job because job will collapse the defense and kick it out and you'll yeah. have like five defenders in the paint and someone will have to go <laughs> chase the shooter in the corner and get out and we do that for four quarters if this 
challenges that. So I don't want to be dismissive of the Spurs. I think the Spurs are a solid team that are just well coached. Pop doesn't really get a ton of respect anymore because they're they're just not the those Spurs, fair or otherwise. But um, I think Trey will have a challenge because of the kind of guard uh, defenders that the Spurs have. But when it comes to kind of the team, that's more I'm looking at, at the Memphis game. And then, of course, uh, Hawks have been promoting the heck out of the Saturday game, which is uh, revisited the Knicks, which will have its own storyline, completely separate of anything uh, to do with, almost to do with like what actually is going on this year. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that Memphis game would be an interesting challenge. You know who would be fun to have? Who's that? Onyeka Kongwu. Oh, it sure would. <laughs> he's getting closer. I mean, when, when he, you know, his timeline is as he's as if said all along is you know he kind of thinks it can be December. The official yeah. timeline is for January, but you know either way, it's November twenty three. In uh, half an hour, it'll be November twenty four. We're getting closer to that. Um, yeah what do you think happens when he does return? Like how, what's, what's this going to look like? And, and well, you, I'm okay. I'm okay with him taking, you know, quote unquote, Gorgie's minutes. Even that that's the thing that doesn't exist right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the ideal that they work toward is that it looks just like the playoffs last year where, you know, a Congo was giving you as many as what well, it felt it seemed like in a few games up to like 18, 19 minutes of good quality play in a regular season, second, his second year in the league, you think he can do more than that? Um, uh, it not, not in the December, January timeframe, I don't think, but when you get into like February, uh, and things like that, but I, you know, I'm just excited I, from everything that I've seen, um, just even clips of him getting shots up, he looks so comfortable, you know, shooting the ball. I, I think his ball skills are going to, the development of his ball skills in time across this season and the next season are going to surprise a lot of people around the league. I think his ability to kind of adapt to all the different kind of things they're asking him to do is, is pretty off the chart. Um, and I'm, I just can't wait till he's back and on the court. I, I do want fans to be a little patient with him for what, six, seven, eight games. You know, he hasn't played in games in a long time, you know, um, but I, I'm, I think I'm as excited as anyone to kind of see him out there because I just think his ceiling is so high, um, in, in a way that, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, this guy's a, a future five-time all-star. It, what I, I think in terms of a guy, like having a really sneaky set of developing skills, he's, he's in that mix of where I think people are going to go like, oh, okay, this guy can shoot it. This guy can pass it guy has a little bit of a handle uh, for the position that he plays and I, I think that uh you know when, especially when you see the steps John's taken this year and I'm really excited to see at some point those two kind of on the floor together with you know <laughs> something of a real five out attack where all five guys can put the ball in the court and kind of attack with the dribble now it's taking John into his fifth season to get there <laughs> you know um but I mean did, did it I mean it did for 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 some of the ball skill in terms of driving and passing, but exactly. But Onyeka has a, has a lead, you know, if you compare Onyeka as a rookie to John as a rookie, Onyeka has a lead in those departments by pretty good stretch. I think a lot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that John is taking John five years and it's not going to take Onyeka like five. But I mean, Onyeka was, 
Elinyak has been playing high le- played high level basketball at the high school level, right? That John didn't get. John played your tra- had his traditional kind of high school experience, right? Right. Um, and and I mean, he was John was a little, I think a little bit of a late bloomer, we could say. And it's also a factor of I could say this is a person who's been uh, who's I spent seven years in the military myself. You know, when you're a military brat, uh, things aren't set up for you to kind of flow into all of these different settings where you get the exposure you know right. and stuff you kind of have to rely on the, the high school you end up going to and sure mom and or dad kind of retire or, or get into their last duty station and stuff. so all that kind of stuff was working with john and you know as we know you know Inyeka was at chino hills is what all four years of high school you know and on you know one one of the best au teams on the west coast so he's had that opportunity you know um for that and that's that's great but i i, I just I, i'm excited about seeing like second half of the season and, and even think about it in the next season like seeing john and yuck out there together and what that could look like for how they could kind of stress the defense um not not as if they're going to take the ball out of trace hands on a regular basis and kind of play through those guys <laughs> as the the dribble initiators but just right. thinking about attacking the weak side of a defense or attacking an over-rotated defense um yeah, you know, and what they could do seeing those guys together is uh, is going to be a lot of fun. Although, let's don't get too like let's don't get irrationally excited as Clint has demonstrated in these what last five games or so how critical his what he brings on defense is to the overall team success. There's no uh, no doubt about that. And I think we talked about that in pretty good detail last time. So, I mean, thinking about John and Yeka and Clint consuming all the minutes of the five, and then. If a, if a, if Clint needs some time off without Achilles or whatever that might look like, still nice to have Gorgie over there instead of having a first or second year guy that's never really played right in the rotation. So that's a pretty good situation. Even as important as Clint has been, I mean, you know, just based on stuff like free throw shooting, he's not necessarily a player that you want in the last four minutes of a game. Is is right. that something that? You know, maybe not right away, but come late March that Onyeka is the kind of player who ends up in a finishing lineup with John? Yeah, I think it's an option, especially if you're ahead um, and the other team is wanting to hack Clint to shorten the game or essentially lengthen the game. Um, you know, that, that gives you that, that option or to play faster. Uh, and if you know, Clint is already giving you eight or nine minutes in the fourth quarter before you get down to the last three or four. It's just so nice to, I think by the end of the season, then Yekka will be kind of at that solid starter level. Um, and some fans might be disappointed to hear me say like that that's what I'm thinking, but that's huge for a one and done big man came into the league that young to get that out of a second season after having missed you know, some time is, it's huge, but to be able to close with a second-year center that was played one-year college basketball is on a team that has some, you know, pretty serious goals this year. That's pretty massive uh, outcome, and I, I think it's totally realistic. I think we'll see it just look just just like you alluded. All right, what else? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I, I, I we talked about this for a minute before. I think it was before you hit the record button, but. Hawks are on the road for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. How do you think that impacts a team? And should fans kind of be a little prepared for um, that kind of showing up in their play? I, you know, especially for guys that have families, that have kids, 
um you know i think it's hard i think it's really hard you know i, re- I remember i think it was two seasons ago the hawks played my recollection is they played in utah the day before thanksgiving and they just got killed i think it may have been their worst loss on the season um and and I, I know that some fans are like they're professionals you know i look at it and go it sucks to be on the road you know the day before thanksgiving and trying to balance all that sort of stuff but you know in your role you're closer to these guys and and have been closer to these guys by a lot than, than i am how, how do you think that impacts them and that does it kind of impact your expectations for what we might see on the games right around the holidays? I mean, it's probably tough on guys who have young kids like Solomon. Yeah. I mean, for, for somebody like Kevin Herter, like going to New York for Christmas is probably great. <laughs> He's probably like, yeah, let's go home. I mean, not home, home, but home enough where his family will probably be at the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It can go a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember the one time that Damari Carroll was talking about how he spent hours and hours in the middle of the night putting together a tricycle for his kid for Christmas. And sure enough, the next game, he was terrible. <laughs> so, you know, it can it come out a lot of different ways. I imagine that, I don't know. I imagine that for something like thanksgiving it can be almost a little bit bonding maybe you know have have a nice meal get out on the road uh, i suppose you'll be in memphis that seems like a good place to eat uh i don't know but i th- i think the cumulative effect is probably pretty rough uh you know come january 2 uh, when, when you get to that and it's been three holidays in a row then you know, wouldn't be shocking if that's kind of a dud. Uh, the the scary part is I think that, you know, after they do all those holidays on the road, they've still got the massive road trip in early January too. And, right. may, you know, maybe that's when you start to see some of it. Like, God, this sucks. I hate being on the road. But, yeah. you know, it's all short term. And this surely the schedule for March will be a lot more friendly uh, because you know the schedule from year to year is actually pretty consistent and you know it always seems like there's that stretch in march that's just like oh this is a this is a good stretch of home games in a, in a row and they'll, they'll they'll get a rhythm but uh yeah you know early january might be kind of rough yeah i've had I've, me being in the seattle area i've kind of had my eye on the portland game that i might get down there um for that but it's a monday so it'd be harder for me from a work perspective um but um i kind of had my eye on that and then uh in-laws um in sacramento uh, that was was we were, my wife and i were thinking about do we hit portland on that monday in sacramento of course my father-in-law passed recently so it's re- we're recalibrating kind of all of that naturally as as one as one does but uh you know i sort of had an eye on that but um things that the family's gone through recently kind of really, really changed that up but yeah that that i think that'll be um i i i I know for me, I see players as human beings, like I try to consistently like the being out uh, away from home, all three holidays, I do think is hard and um, will create some variance in, in the way that they play. And hopefully fans will just, you know, understand that to a degree. I do think that early January West Coast road strip is the one that will um, kind of challenge them. 
And and when I look at that, and I have like their schedule right in front of me now, I wonder when does the Congo actually come back and start playing? You know, we've heard, I think Travis was kind of alluding to a December time frame, and Nate was pushing us back to kind of a January. I don't know if that's just Travis trying to be say something that's a little bit supportive of where Anyeka's head is right now. Anyeka, I think it's been, right. I don't know when his birthday is exactly, but he's kind of been pointing at that for a while. Um, but I, some teams like to kind of bring a guy back from a lengthy absence on the road and kind of work him in uh, in a manageable way in that sense. Because in a sense, you kind of have more control of what these guys are doing on the road than, you, than, you, than you, when you have them at home. And I'm sure he'd be excited to get back in the swing of things out west as a West Coast kid himself. For sure. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun. Teams uh, winning some games. It's, uh, um, I'm going to be greedy and hope for a 2-0 and against the Spurs and Grizzlies. I think they should win both games, but they'll have to bring uh, 48 minutes of consistent focused defense in both games, in my opinion. So let's see if they have themselves to a point where that's what they can execute. We shall see. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Have a have an excellent Thanksgiving yourself. Yeah, likewise. Looking forward to the downtime, and then uh, I guess to a degree there'll be some work to do on Christmas, so we'll have to we'll have to enjoy the downtime on this one, right? <laughs> oh God! Now you <laughs> Sorry, do I have way. to work on Christmas? I'm not, I don't. I, gotta, I don't know. I think it's a well it's a big day. Like, I don't think day. I have to do like the. I can just I can watch casually because I don't think I have to do the the tv game it might not be local tv so I to do oh that's that true i didn't think job. about that that's kind of changes things doesn't it yeah yeah kind of relaxing that way oh there you go i, I was because i was about to say like at least it's the first game right and that that helps yeah uh, for anyone kids so that i don't have to do same. the morning scramble of presents and... yeah no tricycles to put together no you're not gonna have to call tomorrow and ask for a tip on putting a tricycle together are you <laughs> I like freaked out the other day. I was like, how old am I? And I was like, well, how old was my dad when he got a grandkid? And I was like, oh my God, it's like to the week. Like it was, it was, yeah. it was stunningly close. Like I'm, I'm pretty much that age that he was when he got a grandkid. So yeah. maybe I will have to put together tricycles pretty soon. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. If all my, all my brothers that are dads are already granddads and I'm, I'm lagging, I guess, uh, uh, in that category, but um, I'm I'm not going to be presumptive about the choices my daughter is going to make in that category. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we, that's we not up to me. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but uh, but but it does impact holidays for sure. You know, yeah. and uh, like I said, I'm glad that you'll be able to uh, uh, have a second cup of coffee or what have you when the Hawks game kicks off, and uh, you won't be calling. Like I said, you won't be calling Damari for tips on putting the tricycle together, which I'm sure he'll appreciate. <laughs> All right, sir. Have a good night. You too.